Pastor Young, stay up here for a minute. Pastor Young, throughout this, stay, stay, stay. Pastor Young, throughout this uh, pandemic, throughout all of the stuff for all this time, has led worship and has kept going worship. Every time I've called him, every time I've said anything to him, he says, yes, sir, and he gets it done. So I want to thank God for Pastor Young and for his hard work. Thank you. As you look for Zachariah, I know it's going to take you a minute to find it. Not too many people go to Zachariah every day. No problems. Look at the table of content as you, ha as you may need to. Don't be embarrassed by that. Sometimes it takes me a minute to find it, okay, because I don't go to it as often as I need to. But when you're doing that, I want to say to you, go vote. The turnout for voting right now is so low. Absentee ballots, I understand, is an issue. Uh, I had a call from a politician that um, is a white politician that I've seen concerned about our community for years. And he has said, he texted me rather, and he said, uh, turnout is very low. So you need to go vote. We talk about black history and all of that stuff, but when those times came, there could be guns drawn. It could be people standing to intimidate people, but they still voted. Even when they had to pay to vote, they paid and they voted. We can't take voting lightly. And if it's raining, if it is tough, we don't anybody should go vote. I encourage you, go vote. Let us stand. Let's look at Zechariah chapter 7. And he says in verse 8, The word of the Lord came to Zechariah saying, Thus has the Lord of hosts said, Dispense true justice and practice kindness and compassion, each to his brother. And do not oppress the widow or the orphan, the stranger or the poor. And do not despise, devise evil in your hearts against one another. But they refused to pay attention and turned a stubborn shoulder and stopped their ears from hearing. They made their hearts like flint so that they could not hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by his spirit through the former prophets. Therefore, great wrath came from God, from the Lord of hosts, not Satan. And just as he called, and they would not listen, so they called, and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts. But I scattered them with a storm wind among all the nations whom they have not known. Thus the land is desolate behind them so that no one went back and forth. For they made the pleasant land desolate. Dear God, we thank you so much for your words and for just all that you keep doing. But we just struggle to listen because of our biases, because of how people tweak our ears and our minds, that they win our hearts. So God, I pray that in this time in our country, we would listen to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Many times uh, when my wife looks at television and she just she loves to go hear her son preach, but on this particular Sunday, she came to my service, well, not my service, but the 8 o'clock service, and I'm going to talk about it. I guess God had a way of keeping me accountable. But my wife likes to look at these shows like 2020 and 60 Minutes and stuff like that, and, and then she likes to also look at shows that will point out people who have been murdered, who have gone through a lot of injustice and that they can't find those people who have hurt them and hurt their families. Because people don't tend to understand it's not the person 
not only, not only the person that is killed, it's all the family members that are damaged from it as well. So she likes to look at these shows, and every time I sit there to look at the shows, for some reason it leaves me angry. Angry that injustice has taken place, even looking at a couple who um, were, the young lady was abducted and was raped. And everybody in that town, town kept saying that she is, you know, she is fabricating what took place. She was fabricating it. And they treated that couple horribly, horribly, only to find out from the person who did it that he actually did it. Then they wouldn't believe the person until they caught the person and realized that the person did take this woman, kept her for many days, but because of her kindness while he kept her, he released her. Because she never got angry at him. She never responded to him in such a way of hate and such anger that even though she was abused, even though she was treated horrible, he released her. And when she was released, she was again not just assaulted by the person who abducted her, she was assaulted by all those who said she fabricated the issue. So she was abused on all sides, only to find out years later, well, months later rather, that everything she said was true. See, a lot of times injustice takes place all the time because man left to himself cannot find justice. Man left to himself is unholy. Man left to himself in his own way of thinking, logically, philosophically, all that does is take them down all these different roads that make sense to them but could damage others. But when people are not willing, especially in painful times, to focus on who God is and what God is doing, it gets worse. So in the times that life is difficult and hard, we many times turn our ears away from God to politicians, to radio announcers, to TV anchors, or people who choose to produce what they believe is the truth, as someone would say, alternative truth. And they believe it is their truth that they decide happens to be their truth. And as a result of that, it makes sense to us, so we follow it, which makes the word of God seem more irrelevant and even to those who, as believers, who are, may look at believers, walk away from God. And therefore, justice gets lacking. And many times we would think that it's because of how bad the world is getting that God is allowing it to have all these plagues and storms and earthquakes beneath the sea and all the different wars and rumors of wars and all the different things that could turn into a third world war in the near future possibly as all the nations rise up against a powerful nation named Russia. And it's Russia and all these people that line up with Russia and line up with America is no different than what you saw in World War I and World War II. We don't know if we're in for another war. In a right when COVID seems to be coming down in terms of its impact on people's lives. We don't know. And we look at all of that and we just say, it's the times we're in. And God is going, no. We're not just the times we're in, it's the lack of justice. And what I want you to see is that when there's no justice, what we eliminate is the nature and character of God. Because God in his very nature is just. God in his very nature is loving. He's not becoming love. He's not acting out love. He is love like water is wet. God is holy. So he can't help but be just. So when we eliminate justice and love from our society, the person we push away is God. And when we push away God, the person we automatically invite is Satan, who is full of hate, who doesn't understand justice, who loves hate, who loves people dying. He loves to see destruction. He loves to see pain. 
He loves to see hurt on people's lives. That's who he is. It's not who he's trying to become. It's not what he's trying to do. The Bible says that is who he is. He can't do anything different. If we had time, I would take you to a passage like John chapter 8, verse 44, where he would say, Satan by his very nature is a liar. Satan cannot even think to tell the truth. He can't conceptualize it. He can't put it together. He can't get down the road in where he tells all the facts about anything that is done in a pure manner. He has to concoct it to make it what he wants it to be because he can't by his own nature come up with the truth. Satan, he is saying, then becomes this conspiracy theory pusher. Because he has to be so disintegrate in society that he destroys what? Truth. Why? Because Jesus is the truth. He's not trying to become the truth. He's not trying to teach the truth. By his very nature, all he could do is tell you the truth. That's why the Bible would say the word became flesh, meaning everything from the Old Testament represented itself in the nature of Jesus Christ. So that as Jesus Christ walked around on earth, you saw the manifestation of what the Old Testament is. Let me give you an example. When the word became flesh, it's not a nice verse. It is actually the exact way it took place. In the Old Testament, the Bible would say that Jesus God would say, I am. At the Red Sea, he proved that I am, meaning within myself, I am deity within myself. I have all power within myself. I don't need to be plugged in. I don't need to be pushed. I don't need to somebody to energize me, energize me. It automatically is who I am. I am who I am. I can decide what I want to do, no matter the difficulties, no matter how catastrophic the situation may be. I am within myself, have the ability within myself to do whatever I need to do. Whenever I choose to do it, there's nothing that can stop me. That's what I am means. Jesus Christ comes in the New Testament and completes the, the, completes the sentence. That, is, that could be an incomplete sentence, but he completes it. Jesus Christ says, I am the gate. I am the shepherd. I am the door. I am the way. Jesus Christ, God in the Old Testament, represented himself in Jesus Christ not, not rep he, Jesus Christ is the very nature of God. And therefore, when he comes on earth, he demonstrates that he has the same nature of God and that God opened up the sea, he could walk on it. God allowed Israel to die, he could wake people up. He demonstrated that he is God, fully a second person in the Trinity, I like to say the next person in the Trinity, the very person in the Trinity that is Jesus Christ because he has the same nature of God. He represented that God in his very nature and the second person in the Trinity became flesh because the word proved itself to be true. He is truth. So understand, folks, without that being on earth, functionally, through the church, he says in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, the church is the pillar and support of truth. It is the pillar of truth. So if truth was to be corrupted in the church, there's no hope for truth in society. It's over. So the minute we make this pulpit a place where we play games, it's over. Understand, that's why... The minute we push away justice, which is always going to be based on truth, when you go to a court of law, what are they establishing? Truth in order to dispense justice. If they do it right, without the truth, they can't dispense justice. And that's why the Bible says when we take these things out of society, there's going to be injustice. And that's why he comes to a nation and tells them the reason that they're being destroyed is because of injustice, because they've taken those elements out. What is he calling us to? What is the mindset he's calling us to that we can't run away from? We, we, we could say, well, these people do this, that people do that, this person do this, this person do that, and he's going, ah, I understand that there are nations all around Israel that did things to them. We, we're not new to this. The people who love the hate the Jews, can't stand them to today, want to hurt them, want to destroy them, want to do all kinds of evil against them. He said, I get that. That's Satan rising up against people I identify with. 
The minute I identify with a group of people, Satan rises up to discourage them and to tear them down. So I, I get that. But what am I asking for you to do? What is the mindset? This is what he says here in Zechariah chapter 7. The first thing he says is, respect the person who proves themselves to be an authentic preacher as representing the word of God. In verse 8. The word of the Lord came to Zechariah. It didn't come to all the people first. So in other words, I'm not propping myself here. I'm just telling you the way it is. In other words, when I've obviously shown that I've placed my hands on whoever I've called to preach. Prophets were preachers. They just, not just preached, they also tell you what the word meant in the future. That's who prophets were. Okay? That's why now that we have all the word, Jesus Christ gets us preachers. In other words, people who will pick up the Bible and proclaim it the way it's written. We don't have to tell you like the prophets had to. But he says, if a prophet ever taught you something that I did not support years later, stone the prophet. We now have the word of God complete. He's saying anybody, and you got the ability to read it like everybody else, that teaches it the way it is written, not the way they want it to be. He says, accept the word of God. If we don't accept the word of God, we have no place where justice could be established. The minute you remove what justice like is, is like, then you cannot have justice. If you want to corrupt justice in a court of law, corrupt the truth. That's all you have to do. The minute you corrupt the truth, you corrupt justice. That's it. That's why somebody asks me, why is there a need for Black History Month? I said, because you have not taught American history the way it is. You don't want to call it a race theory. Just teach it the way it is. It's history. It happened. You can't fix it. And if you're going to teach American history, teach American history the way it is. Don't put any biases in it. Don't try to cover up anything. Just say this is the way it is. And this is what happened in American history for every person that ever lived in the country of America. And then you would erase the need for Black History Month. Understand, it is the truth. What was represented on the screen is the truth. It is not black, white, Asian, Hispanic. It's just the truth. When you establish the truth as the truth, let it be what it is. There's a military standing at the border of Ukraine. We're not attacking. We're looking at the truth. I mean, that, you could tell us what you want to tell us, but a picture don't lie. We are looking at the truth. So you can't tell us to believe something when the truth and the facts are in its place. The Bible is saying if we are going to have the right mindset, we must accept the word of God for what it is. If we don't accept it for what it is and try to make it what we want it to be, we are a part of injustice. Because only God can be just. No human being can't. So the first thing he says is, then the word of the Lord came. And I want you to note the word Lord in this text. The word of the Lord came. He's establishing his authority. He's establishing his authority. One thing I learned growing up, you know, my dad didn't play with his authority. <laughs> my dad didn't play with that. And I admired that because it taught me the discipline of learning to respect people in authority. So even though I got in trouble sometimes at school, I never got in a whole lot of trouble. Because what was established in the, in the house was that my dad is the authority. He's the one that's going to lead this home. Yeah, it don't mean my mom was quiet and going around like a sheep to slaughter. Uh, my mom would speak up. <laughs> my mom would speak up. But when she spoke up, she never removed the authority of my dad in the home. I always admire that process. Okay? My wife speaks up. And I'm supposed to listen because she's my helper. So I'm incomplete until I listen. But I still have to lead. I know with kids growing up, she gave me that. Understand, authority has to be established because people are going to have opinions. We got opinions, folks. 
We got democratic opinions, republican opinions, libertarian opinions, independent opinions. We got opinions. If there's a, if there's a country that loves the freedom of speech, we do. And we're going to have an opinion. And the Bible says we could have 50,000 opinions. But when the Lord speaks, let him be the authority. Or there cannot be justice. They just can't. I don't care how we fix it. Because he's not Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian. He's not into any of that. Because he is the truth. He's not, he's not having to line up with somebody to prove he's the truth. He is the truth. He is the standard bearer of what the truth is. That's the first thing he says we must accept. And if we don't, he changes his name. Look at verse 9. Thus says the Lord of hosts. He says we're going to fight. The Lord of hosts means I am your warrior. In other words, if you don't accept what the word of God is saying, I'm the one that's going to fight you. That's why he says my people who call by my name humble themselves and pray, I will destroy it. In other words, all he has to do is to, it's kind of like when I was in trying to coach football. I'm a soccer player. But trying to play football because I was an athletic director for a boys' home. I mean, kids that got in trouble. So I didn't have to teach them to be aggressive. I just had to teach them the discipline of running a play. That was all I spent time in practice doing. Aggressiveness, they got it down. I remember, I remember a team calling us and saying, we can't play y'all no more. <laughs> That's how aggressive they were. They broke this kid's hand in three places. They were aggressive. It was a boys' home. Kids that got in trouble, they were locked up, <laughs> you know. And I used to coach them. And I remember this kid coming on to the, coming, this running back, he was really good, fast. This kid got the moves. If he just was, keep his life in order, he would see him in the NFL. He was that fast. He was moves. And he come on the sideline, he said, coach, man, these, these brothers here, man, we, I could get 50 yards per thing, and we just knocked this team down, man. I don't need nobody. Just give me the ball. He said that to the wrong group of guys. I looked at him and I said, boy, no wonder the Bible says foolishness is wrapped up in the heart of a child. How are you going to say that to your teammates in front of your teammates? I could just see them guys looking at each other going, that's all they were doing. And the very next play, hike. And you know, see, folks in the hood, they don't just stand up or just throw a one-second block. They got up and went like, just like that, in front of everybody. Bam! Knocked that kid boom, on the ground. I didn't even worry to say nothing. I sent in the next play. He came to the sidelines. You need a break? Yeah, 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 yeah. I let, him, I let the other coach call a play, and I sat down next to him, and I said, listen, whether you think you need them or not, you need them. They need you, or their blocking is in vain. Stop. You see, we could either have God be Lord and bring difference in our lives, or God could say, you got it? Okay. <laughs> you know, and let Satan, because Satan is already lined up on defense, ready to go. He, he may wait on us to say hut, but he's ready to go. So the minute God takes his hands off of us, it's over. That's why the Bible says, if God is for you, who could be against you? If. So the, the Jesus God in this passage says, I'm switching it up. I went from Lord. I'm going you know, to tell you this is my word. I'm going to explain this is my word. I'm going to tell you this is important. But when you reject it, I'm the Lord of hosts. I, I can come against you or just take my hands up. I don't block. It's still a struggle for me as a pastor. So he dispersed the church. And he included this one. That's a struggle. I'm still struggling with. And I don't run past problems. I work through them. He dispersed every church. He spoke loud. Is Egypt, Israel and Egypt, not one plague touched them. In the wilderness, not one soldier died. I looked among us, did anybody die? 
I'm sorry. I'm just like that. Only one person in a senior center that was very ill passed in our church. Was in a senior center. Kept saying, who's sick? Drove Pastor Lawrence crazy probably. Who's sick? Did they recover? I wanted to see what God was saying about us. You got to understand. When you may go past COVID with a mask, I go past COVID to find out what is his statement to us. Look at what he says in verse 9. Oh, I'm still fishing it. I ain't know yet. In verse 9 he says, Thus has the Lord of hosts said, Dispense. Now he switches it from, This is what I'm saying. I'm going to keep saying. I'm not going to change my mind from saying, so don't try to change my mind. That's what it says in the Hebrew text, looking at the language construction. Okay, I don't want to give you all the fancy Hebrew words, but this is what he's saying. I'm constantly saying this to you. I'm not going to stop saying it. So when Zechariah is finished saying it, I'm going to keep it in the Bible so it keeps being said. That's what he's saying. But he switched. He says, dispense true justice. I'm now commanding you. He says, Lord of hosts, and I command you now, dispense it. I'm not giving you an option. And it must be true justice. No, no, no. Who's the truth? He is the truth. So justice can't be established without his truth. That's why he says, why are you not listening to my laws? Because I'm the only one that can dispense it. That's why I keep telling people, I, I am, I've got in trouble with some of my European friends, Anglo friends. So then I'm mad at y'all. Because why you say that? I said I'm mad at y'all because you don't say nothing. You have to dispense it. You don't have a choice. And it has to be true. It's not black or white. George Floyd is not black or white. The issue is justice. We keep making it black or white because our culture makes it black or white. The issue is the officer wrong or the officer right. That's it. If he's wrong, he's wrong. It doesn't matter the color of his skin. If a black officer put his knee on somebody's neck and they are black or they are white, it's wrong. Wrong is wrong. We got our black kids shooting people. We got more crime in our community against each other than ever. Why do we get mad about that? It's true justice. It doesn't line up on one side or the next. It's true justice. I don't have time to break down that, but I wish I had time. But again, we would give television time, not the preacher. He says, dispense it. What he's saying is, create an administration that gets it done. No, don't, don't, don't just, well, I'm going to speak up for George Floyd. No, get a structure. That's why I say go vote. Get a structure, an administration, an organization that will, the minute there's injustice, it's done. Because they're organized to do it. So the people that are locked in jail forever for crimes they didn't commit, and I see an organization that fights for them to make sure that they get out, yeah, that's, on, that's what he's talking about. Go find the truth. Go in all the artifacts, wherever you got to go. Go in the archives, whatever you got to do, and find that. And when you find it, whoever's behind jail for wrong reasons has to be fixed. And it's an organization that does that. That's what he's talking about in that passage. Go do that. You have to vote. You don't have a choice. We think voting is an option because we got this freedom thing. Our culture so corrupts us. We're free. We're Americans. And the Bible is going, you're free when I tell you you're free. You have to organize for true justice. You're not going to get it by... Oh, Lord, we need Jesus today. He says, go work on it. You know, forget somebody coming to my office saying, Pastor, I need you to pray to see if I should marry this person. I said, this person is not even saved. What you praying for? You were telling me he ain't saved. And you asking me to marry him, which I ain't going to do. And now you want me to pray along with you for this marriage to happen. I ain't praying because God already spoke. No. You know, no is an answer to prayer, right? 
Not just yes. But pastor, you don't understand. Oh, I understand. I'm married. So I understand why you want to be married. Don't get twisted. I just land from heaven and call Everett to my house. Okay? That didn't work, even if I tried it. So it didn't happen. I understand, but I'm not praying for something that God has already said no. No. Even if he, even if he got saved, I don't believe it. He says, dispense it. We pray for this. And our kids get shoot up in schools and I'm praying, God. No. Go organize it. Oh, God, there's too much shooting going on. Well, vote for somebody who does something with guns. That's what he's saying. We come to church and we want us passive Christianity. I'm talking about passive Christianity. If you believe in me and believe I've got your back, get out there and do something about it. Not passive, it's very active. Y'all quiet today. Y'all have heard me preach like this, I guess. He says, dispense true justice. Watch the, watch the action words. Practice kindness. Don't be a racist. Because somebody hates you, you hate them. Because they did bad things to black people, you're going to be bad to them. Look at 1 John. It says, that says, we don't know God. Go to 1 John chapter, chapter 2. Uh, keep your Bible over there. I'm going to come to another passage that's near there. 1 John chapter 2 says this in verse 9. Best way to find 1 John is to go to Revelation and back up. That's the best way to find it. All right? Look at verse 9 in chapter 2. It says, the one who says he's in the light and yet hates his brother, despises them. See a white person coming. I ain't talking to them. Oh, I ain't dealing with them. Uh-uh. They did a lot of things they don't want to talk about. He says, no. The, the hate means the man on the road to Jericho, the priest went on the other side. That's hate in the Bible. Hate is like, also means it's highly emotional. It's like a dragon with fire coming out their nose. Hate is emotional, and it's also disposition, a disposition. Okay? He says, hate his brother. Brother, is anybody to save? White, black, Asian, Hispanic. Anybody to save? In, in, in darkness until now. The person walks around in darkness. That's why they can't make good decisions. I show, next verse tells you that. The one who loves his brother and abides in the light, there's no stumbling in them. They don't make bad decisions. They make good decisions. In verse 11 he says, but the one who hates his brothers in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Think he's doing the right thing. Think he's he is got black history and no, the Bible says no. Darkness, just hating somebody will blind his eyes. Can't see nothing. So that's why he's saying it's got to be true justice. And when you practice true justice, what comes out of the person's heart is the practicing of kindness and compassion. It doesn't really matter if the person broken down on the side of the highway is white, black, Asian, or Hispanic. If we can help them, the Bible is saying bump the skin color. If you know that they are a believing Christian, that's where we have the highest level of accountability. It could be a non-Christian, but the highest level of accountability is when we know that person is a saved person. The Bible says when we know they're a safe person, God arranged it that I was right there when that person was hurting. Show compassion. You can't say I'm a just person and walk past the person and say I'm praying for you. The Bible says that James chapter 2 says you have no faith. There's no commitment to the word of God. There's no commitment to do it when you don't like it. There's no commitment to do it when you're anxious. No commitment to do it when you're fearful. There's no commitment to do it when it goes against your disposition or your mindset. So therefore, when a person is hurting and they have no cloak or no food and you turn against them, the Bible says what we lack is a commitment to dispense justice. Because God don't pick black or white sides. He picks the truth. He picks the truth. That's why he says this. He says whether the person is a widow, an orphan, a stranger, 
I am so sick and tired of hearing how this Hispanics are depicted in this country. I really am. It breaks my heart to see white evangelicals line up with it. And my brother has just been angry about that. And I've had to, along with my brothers and sisters, keep him focused. For us to call people rapists and murderers and all these different things coming across the border, that's evil. That's evil. I'm an immigrant. I came from a different country. And please understand that from the 1800s all the way to 1960, most of the immigrants were European, not Hispanics. From the 1800s, I'll say it again, this is from the immigration office. I just decided, let me go study this thing. So I just look at truth the way truth is. Not, not, not where some politician is telling me to believe. Let me go research this. I researched it and found out that from, from the 1800s all the way to, 19, to 1960, Europeans were running from communism and 75% of the people coming to America were European up until 1960. Where was the description of murderers, rapists? Then hear it. And when you go to, when it's from that point down, it starts to shift. So 11 million people up until 1960 came to America from different countries. Most of that, when they started keeping records, were European. Until you have the 1960s, it dropped to 75%. That's how many millions came. Why wouldn't they describe as murderers and rapists and all the different things that Indian Americans could look at and have some records to say so. Why? And we join in on that. And the Bible is saying that's an injustice. To call somebody that just because they're looking for a better way of life. Like most people came to this country for. Not, um, not all Africans came here because they were poor and living in a hut. Europeans came here because they were poor, abused by, by, by the kings and the politics and abuse. Just check it. It's facts. It's not about racism. It's facts. So America made a good life for Europeans just like it made a good life for Africans. So to say Africans are here, we made a better life for you, at least we made a better life for you, that's insulting. He says, don't talk bad about strangers. If you talk about true just, justice, what did I say in my Bible? Love the Lord all your heart, your soul, and your mind, and love your, your neighbor. Your neighbors, anybody in your vicinity. Go to 1 Peter. Justice. He said, this is the mindset. I got a race on. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. Because I sit back and watch the news and it eats my lunch to the point now where I look at it, look, try to find a channel to just give me the facts. I don't even want to hear all the rhetoric anymore. Tired of it. Tired of people picking the Republican side and the Democrat side and the liberal side and the conservative side. I said, bump all of that. What is the truth? Give me the respect that I have a brain. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said, For you are a chosen race. He didn't say you're black, white, Asian, or Hispanic. He says, you, your neighbor is a chosen race, a royal priesthood. To me, everybody is in one nation. A people, not they the people, we the people. A people. For God's own possession. Why? So that they may proclaim the excellency so people could see evangelicals doing the right thing. In the midst of this situation, we don't have preachers calling a party the devil party. We don't have that. We have people fighting for just the truth. This is what he says. And he says, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You wouldn't be nothing, I wouldn't be nothing if he didn't call us. We would be as evil as the persons who attack us. 
He saved us from sin. Go to Matthew chapter 25. The Bible is saying, treat your neighbors, the poor, the widow, with respect because I told you how. I don't have the time to go through the Bible and see where he tells us how to treat a widow. That's why I believe in the widow's ministry. It's not like because my mom once wants a widow, that's why I'm going to believe in widows. It's got nothing to do with it. He says, take care of the widows. Take care of the fatherless. When I see young people running around here, whether they're young men or young women, and the father is gone, yes, I want to stop. He said, do it. Take care of them. Watch out for them. That's justice. A father walked off from this family, that's an injustice. Well, let God's justice show up because you stood there and did something. Don't just walk around saying, I'm praying for you. Say, that's not justice. That's me staying within my comfort zone and talking about things. You know, I like what Oak Cliff does. Try to get it going here. Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship would send the men from the men's ministry when the school year is about to begin and when it's about to over. And those people would walk the halls of the school. Just walk it. Men, just walking around the halls. They didn't do anything. Got badges on, so they're visitors. They don't touch the teachers. They don't talk to the students unless they talk to them. And they walk. What are they saying? You ain't fighting here today. It's wrong. We're not letting you because your daddy ain't at the house. I like that. That's justice. That is being dispensed based on the command of God. That's the church standing up. I try to get that going here. I never give up, so I'll keep trying. When we get to heaven, you think God is going to separate us as black and white and his, Asian and Hispanic? No. We're one nation. So guess what he does in verse 31 of Matthew chapter 25. And when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations, all colors of people will be gathered before him. And he will separate them from one another. A shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Hallelujah. Did he see black, white, Asian, Hispanic in there? No. All nations, he separates them based on whether or not they were truly following him, where he started here, he's Lord, or they are committed to eat whatever somebody tell them to eat, goats. Whatever some preacher come up with. Oh, man, that makes sense to me. I like that. Whatever a news person says. Oh, man, that's that person, you know, he makes sense to me. He just makes sense to me. I, I agree with that. Not whether or not the word of God supports it. I just like what the person says. So that's a goat. You ever see goats? You ever let goats wander around eating grass? You tie them up. Why? They be gone. I said black, black. They be gone. And they're going to go and eat anything. Goats. Who would know about goats? Jews. Why? They were what? Shepherds. They know goats. You don't have to explain it. And that's why we go back to Zechariah. He's saying the mindset is that. And look at how we act when that mindset comes up. We don't listen. Because somebody else has our mind and our ears. Go back to Zechariah chapter 11. Look at how stubborn we could become. Look at how stubborn we can become. They refused. How did they refuse? He, this, is, this thing that scares me about God. Honestly, it's, it, it really keeps me conscious about God. He doesn't just see me not listening. He goes inside. You got to watch the words of how he's going inside. He says, number one, I noticed you weren't paying attention. In other words, when Zachariah's preaching, you didn't have time for church. I watched you take this holy time on a Sunday, which is one day a week. I say, designated to me. It's my holy day. And you went and played football, basketball, 
You, 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 you went and didn't have time. He says, so you didn't even pay attention. He gets worse. He says you turned your shoulder. He's actually using things because he's in an agrarian society. So that when an oxen didn't want a yoke to be put on its neck, and he understands what he's telling them, it's a yoke to go around saying, man, I don't like this person. They treat me this way. They treat me that way. But I'm going to, he says, but I'm telling you do it this way. So it's a yoke. He said, but my yoke is easier and my burden is lighter. But I do say I have a yoke. So he's saying the oxen, when they don't want the yoke to be put on its neck, would turn its shoulder. And because it's an oxen, who could turn that back? <laughs> Can't turn it back. So the, 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 the plower got to fight to get that yoke on that oxen neck. But if he takes his shoulder and puts it this way, you can't get it on the neck. He says, you turned your shoulder. I'm watching you. Not, not, not I'm making you do something. I'm not trying to push you in some direction. I watched when I told you the truth, how you acted. It gets worse. He said, you became like flint. You know what flint is? Flint is like diamond. You know why people like diamond? It doesn't wear out. It's a solid rock. You could cut stuff with it and it's still the same. What he's talking about a flint is a rock that is so rock. It, it is so rock that it never disintegrates. It never disintegrates. That's why diamond is so valuable. So it's similar to diamond. He's saying there's no point talking to you anymore because your hearts have become like a hard rock that does not disintegrate. You ain't going nowhere. You're like Pharaoh who would put his army knowing that God has fought for Israel the entire time. See it. Understand it. Still line them up and sent them in. That's a hard heart. He says, you wouldn't listen. And when you wouldn't listen, you develop this kind of heart. This kind of desire. I am not doing this. I don't care what Castor Canning said. I ain't treating no white folk this way. I'm out. I ain't dealing with black people that way. I'm done. Them Hispanics, they ain't got no right. He says, I watched you. When I watched you, <laughs> I, I spoke the word of God to you. Then I looked at you. And I recognize you're not going to listen. You didn't listen to the prophets of all, verse 12. He says, they made your hearts like flint, and you did not hear the law, didn't want to hear no preaching, no solid message being communicated. You just want to hear he died. Oh, yes, he died. I got a shoe, you got a shoe. All God's children got a shoe. When I, this is what you wanted to hear. You did not, you want to come to church, I have a good time and go home. You didn't want the solid word of God. The minute I lined up any prophet and he just stood there and taught the solid word of God, you went to sleep. And in Hebrews chapter 5, he says, because you don't plan to listen. It's right there in Hebrews chapter 5. People who don't want the solid word of God, they turn. Because it shows that they're infants. Just like an infant. Let me tell you about the bills. Okay, let me tell you how the lights work. Stop. Let me tell you how you change your pamper. Stop. So you prove to be infants that when I start telling you the heavy word of God, you shut down. And you get mad and you cry out. Shut up, preacher. Bring us a hoop now. Take us to the cross. Come on, preacher. Take off your jacket, get your hand kerchief out, do something up in here. I've had that happen to me when I've preached in certain places around the country. People would say, bring it on home now. All the deacons be sitting up there asleep the whole time. And they, one of them will wake up and say, bring it on home now, preacher. In other words, we heard enough. End it. End it. You're done. Be heard enough. No, you didn't. You slept the whole time. I'm watching you. That's why you don't have deacons in the front row living word. Go sit with your wife. Sit with your wife. You got kids. 
Well, a woman may come and sit in the front row and have a short dress on. Well, the Bible says I got to train my eyes. It's the, the word is on me, not on you. Go sit with your wife. I don't need you up front taking naps. I don't need it. Go sit with your wife. Your wife got small kids. She need help. That's why I put a changing table in the men's room and the women's room. Go help out. Why she got to change the kids? She took nine months to bear this baby. In verse 12, I better move on. We're about out of time. We're out of time. I want you to go to Life App too, so. I know I always think it's funny when people tell me money is time is money. And I'm going, you, you ever started a story about the rich man? He said he got money and he got time. What does God tell him? You ain't got time. You're going to leave the money. Look at verse 12. They made their hearts like flint so that they could not hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts. Watch, watch, watch. He switches it up on them. Look how many times he's going to say the Lord of hosts. So the Lord of hosts sent his spirit. He's still trying. This is what breaks my heart in this passage. Boy, I'm out of time, but this breaks my heart. I read this text and I almost said, oh, God, you're so persistent. They wouldn't listen. So now you sent your Holy Spirit. Nobody could ever look at God and say he doesn't try. There are churches everywhere, preachers all over the place, Bibles and bookstores. I mean, television, radio. He's just constantly going, come on, listen to me, listen to me. Because he's seeing the destruction that is coming. And he's like a parent going, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It's like a parent saying, hey, this little child, no, you can't go to the dog. No, you can't do this. Remember, the parent never stopped talking because they're trying to learn and love the child. Oh, we are his children. He's our daddy. And he says, you didn't listen to me. I know I'm the Lord of hosts. I'm starting to buck up on you because you're being stubborn. But I'm going to send my spirit. <laughs> the spirit illuminates the word of God. The spirit guides people in the truth. The spirit convicts people's hearts. So he's trying to work another angle to get them. Oh, living word, don't be stubborn. God don't react to that well. When God convicts your heart, yes. He understands it's a journey when you say yes. He understands it's not easy to just jump up and do what he says. But he loves it when we deny ourselves and pick up the cross and follow him. That's why he says this. He says in verse 13, I ain't listening to you either. Because he becomes the avenger. Please understand this. God becomes the avenger. <laughs> Listen to me, Listen to me, living word. Listen to me. Because I believe he's avenging right now. He's avenging. The church hasn't listened. The church hasn't listened. The church lined up with Democrats and Republicans and this disparity of our country, the polarization, the anger, the hatred, everything, people lined up against one another from the church. From the church. People get mad at me. Pastor Kenny's. You don't agree with abortion or homosexuality. I said, I don't, but I also don't agree with injustice. I don't. And it's time we put it on the table. And I told my European friend, my white friend, I said, man, li a bunch of friends that are white. I said to them, listen, listen to me, man. He would destroy a nation for injustice. Not just for murdering of babies. Not just for <laughs> people doing homosexuality like Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed it. You got it. He destroyed it. But he also destroyed a nation for injustice. And you don't put that on any ticket because you're white. You don't deal with injustice the way African Americans deal with it and Hispanics deal with it. Hispanics and African Americans would think injustice. You wouldn't. You would think homosexuality and abortion because you don't have to deal with injustice that much. But because they have to deal with it, they're not going to a demon party. They're trying to have justice, and you wouldn't talk about it. Talk about it. Because it will destroy a country the same way the other two will. 
You cannot go past it. He said, I will destroy you, and I will not listen to your prayers. I'm the avenger. That's Satan. I just take my hands off the offense and let the defense come. He says right there, he says, you want me to listen to your prayers? In verse 13, I am not. I'm not listening to your prayers. God, stop the COVID. I ain't listening. It's going to keep going. God, there's people dying. You got to stop. I am not listening. You know what listening means? Why he would use the word listen? Not hear? Because he hears. Listen means I ain't doing nothing. That's what it means in the Hebrew text. I hear you because I'm God. I know everything. But I'm not doing nothing because I don't listen. Then he says, I will, this, is, this, is, this is right here where the story of diaspora, a diaspora, takes place. Verse 14, it's diaspora. You say, well, what happened to us? We all scattered as a people. He says, the reason why they were scattered to Babylon, diaspora, I scattered them. And I put 900 miles between Babylon and Israel so they can't go back. I have to take them back when I release them through Cyrus. I have to take them back through Zerubbabel and Ezra and Nehemiah. I had to take them back because the distance was so far they couldn't go back because I scattered them and I made the distance desolate. So if they try to go back, there's not enough water. They can't get back because you choose to not respect justice. To all of my friends, I say, you can't take that off the ticket. You have not stood up and preached against injustice. You have not done it because you're trying to keep everybody happy. You want to keep people in the doors. You got bills to pay. Thinking all of that. Stop. God said he supplied your need according to his riches and glory. Believe him for it. Teach the truth. For injustice, the Israel of nation, Israel of the, the nation of Israel was not the same to today. For one thing, for many things, lack of giving, Malachi chapter 3. But why would he speak to them for 400 years? You will not listen. So why talk? When you kick a child out the house and they still wouldn't listen, what do you do? Call them? You pray that they stay focused and God protect them. But you've tried and they don't listen. Understand, folks, God, this is what scares me as a pastor. This, as long as I stand, I don't want him to be angry here. I don't. I don't. I don't want to deal with the Lord of hosts. I will deal with the Lord all day, but not the Lord of hosts. I raised my kids saying, son, there's no point in me going in to fight Tyson in his young days. We already know the outcome. There's no point going against the Lord of hosts. He got the power. Living word. <laughs> On one thing, you can look back. Herod murdered babies. Herod was gone. Can't touch that. He killed babies when Jesus Christ was born. And the Magi said, he's a baby. And Herod died a horrible death. Homosexuality, Sodom and Gomorrah, right there. They were gone. But injustice, they're gone too. So we could walk around and we could say, well, you know, I'm praying for you. The Bible says, my white brother, that's not faith at all. It's not. We could call a party a demon party. But we could stand up and say to that party, talk about justice. Your party. Go to your party. Say, include justice. Because without it, 
a holy God, a righteous God, a God that is truth, sees him attaching himself to something that doesn't look like him. And he tries to get the people who are supposed to listen to him that are salt and light to change. And when they don't, he says, the world is not going to see me blessing you when you're not like me. So I back up and I let you be on your own because the world will see that your God is mad at you. When you do what I say, the world can't touch you. And they will know I am your God. When you don't listen to me, the world will know I am not pleased with you because I will walk away. And he will also walk away on the issue of justice. Let us stand. I don't have an altar call for this one. I don't. I don't, I don't know how to be pretentious about stuff. I am, as my mom raised me to say, you be who you be. Let's keep it God alive in you. I just want us as African Americans, as some Hispanics among us, and some whites among us, to be the church. Stop letting this culture make us black and white and Hispanic. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. My Latina or Latino buddies and friends, they may be strangers among us that are, uh, that are here illegally, but he tells us how to treat them. Be that. So at least in this place where God has called me to pastor you, we represent him. We don't bring in our cultural biases. And look at somebody for their skin color. Look at somebody, are you saved or are you not saved? That's it. That, that is the defining line. I refuse. I hate racism. And I've been criticized for that as a pastor. Pastor, you don't understand the struggle. If you came to this country, you don't understand my struggle. Blacks turned against me. Whites thought I was running around with a bamboo dress and a spear in my hand. So I had to sit in the middle of the student center at Skyline High School because I had both sides hating me. I almost got stabbed because I had a funny accent as a black guy, by a black guy, as a black guy to try to stab me in the music room. So you have to tell me what racism is like. I got it from both sides. I stood outside a hotel room, dressed in a suit, and I had a white person come up and give me their keys to their car and said, please park my car. I had a white friend standing next to me. He says, that happens a lot. I said, man, it doesn't matter. I said, it's funny how you think sometimes. I said, I said what kind of car is it? <laughs> Maybe I get a ride, because I always want to ride a, I like riding a Corvette. That's my dream car is a Corvette, you know? If it's a covet, maybe you take a spin and we bring it back. <laughs> but then, you to, then God grabs your heart and you go, okay, God, I got it, I got it. Behave. But I did think about it. That's the truth. You know, I sat there and go, what kind of car, man? He goes, stop. <laughs> so I went down because she had already turned away. I went down and I said, ma'am, I'm not the attendant. The attendant is over there. Oh, no, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I said to my friend, he says, why, why didn't you get mad? Most of us are black, but attendants, I don't know if the woman is a racist. She may have just seen, and when you look around, every attendant is black. But you got on a suit. Look at some of them. <laughs> so I'm not going to call her racist just for that. But I'm going to be kind, because I'm told to. Does that mean I feel good about being kind? No, she insulted me in front of all these people standing here. But the Bible still tells us, be kind. So I can't sin because she may be whatever. So folks, I don't land from heaven. I've stood at Southwest Airlines and I've seen a white guy walk past me and they're telling me I can't get in. And I'm going, ma'am, there's a 20 minute window. Well, it's 19 minutes. 
I said, ma'am, just let that guy go by. Well, you could, you, you could write a note to the, my supervisor if you want. You're not going in. I missed the flight, but he caught it. I've been there. Well, I, am I, can I hate her? The Bible says I can't. So I sat back and I thought, should I write a note or not? And I decided not to. I said, God, one day, you're the avenger. I will show you that I trust you to avenge my case, and I'm not going to do nothing. She needs a job. She may have a family. She may be a single parent. She's just been raised to think that way. But I'm not going to turn evil to evil because you tell me I can't. But she could do it to somebody else. Second, First Thessalonians says, let their sins pile up because I will judge them to the measure of their, the intent of their heart. So if you give me a chance, I would let all that they intend to do rise up so that when I judge them, it's not just what they did, I'll give them the time to do it all. So sometimes knowing the scriptures make you sit down. So let's pray as a church. I just want us to take a minute to just pray. Because sometimes people will say to me, why does evil keep getting away? The Bible says he needs to judge them for the measure of their heart. Everything that they intend to do, he would let it come out. So that when he judges them, there was nothing left that he could have judged them for that he couldn't do because they never did it. Oh God, I, I pray for this church, your church. From the time it started, I handed it over to you. I let you know from the time I started that I never wanted to own this church because I led it my way. And God, I still ask you to lead it your way. And I, God, I pray that we will not be a racist church. I pray that we will love one another because you told us to. God, I pray that your word will stand tall because it's your word. And I pray, God, that when you look at us, you will never have to be the Lord of hosts. You will be our Savior, our King, our Redeemer. You will be our Lord. But you don't have to be the Lord of hosts here. I pray, God. I pray you will keep us in our weakness, looking for strength, in our anxiety, looking for peace in our anger seeking your justice in our frustration devising what's necessary so that justice is justice for all we pray this God in the name of Jesus the Christ Amen I don't want you making excuses